This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of my podcast where I'm going to be talking all about the NFL. Yes, this is an NFL-only episode of the podcast. We are currently just about through week four of the NFL season. I had mentioned on my last episode that this would kind of be a quarter way through the season check-in. It's not a true quarter of the way because of what happened with the Steelers and Titans game. Because of the COVID, that game got postponed to later in the season. But besides the those two teams, the Steelers and the Titans, after the Monday night games conclude, all other teams will have played four games. So it's just about the quarter checkpoint to the season, again, minus those two teams. In this episode, we are going to give a rundown of all the games that happened in week four, go through all 32 teams as we have been doing these last couple of weeks. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about what the playoff picture currently looks at. I know it's a little bit early for that, but again, we are a quarter of the way through the season already. We will take a look at the seven teams in each conference who are currently holding a playoff spot, and then we'll talk a little bit about the MVP and the season-long outlook as well. So again, this episode is going to be NFL only. We are not going to use any time talking about any of the other sports in this episode, just football. So we'll get started with the Thursday night game, which was between the Broncos and the Jets. Starting with the Jets, I mean, I said it before the season. I've been saying it every week. And I can say it again this week. I think the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. They lose this game again to now fall to 0-4. They lose this game against a Broncos team who is on their third string quarterback. They had injuries all across the board at wide receiver, at running back, at pass rusher, at corner. This is such a banged up Broncos team. And the Jets still couldn't get the win in this one. Jets fall to 0-4. They're still winless. Coach Adam Gase still looks completely clueless, completely lost. This guy's supposed to be some kind of an offensive genius, and this Jets offense looks like the worst offense in the NFL. Quarterback Sam Darnold has looked really bad most of the time. He has some flashes of really good here and there, but as a whole, he's looked like an absolute disaster. Between Gase and Darnold and this defense that can't stop anybody, again, there's really nothing at all that I like about this Jets team. I think they are going to keep losing all year. I think they are the worst team in the NFL, and they probably will end up with that number one overall pick in the draft, which in all likelihood would mean that they are going to draft a quarterback and move on from first round draft pick from a couple of years ago, Sam Darnold. I think that GM Joe Douglas would keep his job as the GM. He'd probably fire Adam Gase from the head coach, bring in a new coach, draft a new quarterback, move on from there. While on the other side, the team that won this game, the Broncos, this was their first win of the season. They have not looked inept all year. Uh, That's not the reason why they've been winless to this point. I mentioned that they just have so many key injuries all across the board at all of the important positions, but good for them. They got their first win this week over the Jets. Now, moving on to Sunday and our early slate of games, we will start with the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns. The Cowboys lose again this week, falling to one and three. Still, their only win was that miracle comeback over the Atlanta Falcons, where let's be honest, they got a little bit lucky to even win that game. That game was more about the Falcons blowing the game than it was the Cowboys winning the game, but they did get that one win. Besides that, they have lost all three of their other games. Their defense is an absolute disaster right now. They're allowing almost 40 points a game right now. They force no turnovers. They get no pressure on the quarterback. Look, there's a lot of talent on the front seven of this defense, but it's not showing up in games. Again, you can't allow 40 points a game and expect to win many games in the NFL. Absolute disaster for this defense. 
defense. And then when it comes to the offense, look, they're turning the ball over too. Dak Prescott fumbled in this game. Zeke Elliott fumbled in this game. The turnover battle has just been awful for the Cowboys. Look, there's really not much positive that you can say about this Cowboys team right now. So far, the Mike McCarthy era as head coach of this team has not gone anywhere near the way that they thought it would. It is a mess right now, and they really need to turn things around quickly or this season's going to get away from them. On the other hand, the Browns pick up their third win in a row now after losing to the Ravens in week one. They have won three consecutive games. This Browns team looks a lot better than they looked last year. In particular, they just look smarter. They're taking care of the football. They're running it with their two really good running backs. Baker Mayfield, though he has not played great, he's played a lot more consistent. He's making better decisions. He's not turning it over at the same rate that he was turning it over last year. And then on defense, Miles Garrett has just been an absolute animal for the Browns. He's so far making a very strong case for himself to be defensive player of the year. He's absolutely wreaking havoc on defense for the Browns. The Browns have won three in a row. They're trending in the right direction. They're looking good. They have some tougher games coming up on their schedule over these next couple of weeks. So let's see how they fare in those. But as for now, the Browns are three and one. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals getting their first win of the season over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe Burrow and company again finally get their first win after last week recording a tie against the Philadelphia Eagles. So they lost their first two, then they tied, then they won. Obviously, that's going in the right direction for the Bengals. I've mentioned this before, but this season for the Bengals is not so much about the wins and losses. Of course, you like getting wins. You want your young quarterback, Joe Burrow, to know what it's like and learn how to win games in the NFL. But Joe Burrow is what this season is all about. It's about developing their young quarterback who they drafted number one overall. And if you're a Bengals fan, I think you should be very happy right now with what you've seen through four weeks of Joe Burrow's career. On the other hand, the Jaguars now fall to one and three. The good thing that you can say about the Jaguars this season is that they've been a lot more competitive in these games than I expected them to be. With all of the departures from this team in the offseason and just overall roster construction, I thought this was going to be a really tough year for the Jags. I thought they would get beat up in a lot of these games, but again, it's good to see that they've shown a lot of life and a lot of competitiveness to at least stay in some of these games, but overall, they do fall to 1-3 and three behind quarterback Gardner Minshew, who has looked good at times this year, bad at other times. This is really a big season for Minshew and how he looks at the end of the year, because if the Jags do get one of those top picks, like I think they will, they need to know whether they're going to be going after one of those quarterbacks this year, or if they believe in Minshew as their quarterback of the future, they would then go another direction in this upcoming draft. So again, very, very big year for Minshew to try to prove to the Jaguars that he can be a starting quarterback in this league and hopefully prove to them that he is their guy moving forward. Moving on to our next game, we had the New Orleans Saints getting a much needed win over the Detroit Lions. The Saints opened the season with a win over the Bucks, but after that, they lost two in a row back to back to the Raiders and the Packers. Most notably in that Packer game, Drew Brees and that Saints offense looked completely lifeless without Michael Thomas on the field. Brees could not throw the ball downfield. It just looked like he checked the ball down to Alvin Kamara just about every single play, but he looks a lot better in this game against Detroit. The offense opened up a little bit. They put up 35 points, which is good for Brees and that offense. 
So again, a much-needed win for this Saints team and a much-needed strong performance for Drew Brees to silence some of the doubters, for now at least, that he's still got some life left in the tank. And on the other side, the Detroit Lions, it's just the same old story with them over and over for years now. They compete in games, they stay in games, but they always find ways to lose. Again, they're always a competitive team, they're never a winning team, and that's just, again, what Matt Stafford and this Lions team has been for years. They still are that now. Now, they play hard, they seem to keep themselves in games, but in the end, it just feels like they always find a way to lose one way or another. And in my opinion, the days are getting numbered that Matt Patricia is going to be the head coach of this team. If they don't fire him at some point during this season, I fully expect that this is his last season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. On to our next game, the Seattle Seahawks traveled across the country to play the Miami Dolphins. The Seahawks remain undefeated, winning this game. A much closer game than I anticipated it to be, but the Seahawks did ultimately come away with the victory to move to 4-0. Russell Wilson still continues his crazy season that he has going on, making a really strong campaign at MVP for the season. In fact, through four weeks, he is the front runner, in my opinion, to win that award. This Seattle offense has been so explosive with Wilson, with Metcalf, with Lockett, with Carson. They run the ball well. They run the play action probably better than any team in football. They're putting up a ton of points. They've needed those points too because this defense is giving up a lot of points. They were without Jamal Adams this week, but even when he's been in there, he's played great. But this defense as a whole, they need to step it up a little bit and find a way to keep their opponents off the board from scoring a little bit. Look, Russell Wilson is always going to put up a ton of points, but especially later in the year and come playoff time, if they really want to make a deep run, this defense is going to have to step their game up a little bit. On the other side, the Miami Dolphins fought hard in this game. They played a pretty good game all around, even though they did come up short and take the loss here. Look, this is a very improved Dolphins team from a year ago. They are the youngest team in the NFL as well, so you expect them to just get better as time goes on. Head coach Brian Flores has done a very good job to this point. Again, he has a very young core here that he and his staff will try to continue to build and grow with. This is not going to be a good year for the Dolphins, but for them, similar to some of the other lower teams, it's not so much about the wins and losses as it is developing the young talent. And so far to this point in the season, I do think Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins staff has done a good job of that. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the LA Chargers. Look, this Chargers team has played pretty well this year to this point. They've battled, they've been in games, they've ultimately come up short for the most part like they did in this one, but it's good to see them being very competitive in these games. They are 1-3 to this point, but as a 1-3 team, I think they've looked a lot better than most of the other 1-3 teams to this point. Their defense had played very well in those first three games, not in this one against the Bucs as they really got steamrolled by Tom Brady and company giving up 38 points in this one. But the big story here with the Chargers is rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. They were forced to start Herbert a couple weeks ago, which is probably sooner than they had planned on using him this season, but because of the medical emergency with Tyrod Taylor, they went to Justin Herbert. He's looked great through his three starts so far. He's been showing a lot of promise that maybe the Chargers did get this draft pick right with quarterback Justin Herbert. He's been competitive. He's played very well. Ultimately, it has not showed up in the wins and losses quite yet, but if you are a Charger fan, I think you have to be happy with what you've seen from Herbert, and if I were a Charger fan, I would not want them to go back 
back to Tyrod Taylor at all this year. I think now that Herbert's in there and Herbert's playing well, you have to hope that this is just his job moving forward. On the other side, the Tampa Bay Bucks offense, led by Tom Brady, was clicking on all cylinders in this game. Tom Brady threw five touchdown passes to five different players. This was also all done without one of his star wide receivers, Chris Godwin. So yes, huge game for Tom Brady, huge game for this Buccaneers offense. I've been saying I expect this team to continually get better as the year goes on, and the chemistry keeps developing between both Brady and his players and Brady and his coaches. Maybe this was their their breakout game. Again, Brady, five touchdowns, the five different players. The offense looked next to unstoppable. I expect them to keep getting better. We'll see where they go from here. Next game up, the Baltimore Ravens bounced back this week and got back in the win column after losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend. Here, they defeat the Washington football team, who has really looked bad this year. In particular, quarterback Dwayne Haskins has not looked very good, has not looked very promising. I don't expect him to be a very good quarterback in this league moving forward. I think he will be very limited in how long he keeps a starting quarterback job in this league. I expect that Haskins and Washington are going to struggle for pretty much this whole season. I think Washington will end up finishing towards the bottom of the NFL and have a high draft pick, and I think it's very possible that that draft pick, they could be looking at a quarterback moving forward. I don't believe Dwayne Haskins is their guy. Now, as for the Baltimore Ravens, they started the year 2-0. They lost last week to the Chiefs. They looked really bad in that Chiefs game. Their offense really couldn't get anything going at all. But in this one, yes, Washington is a very weak team, but Baltimore looked like they figured out whatever they had wrong against the Chiefs. They look dominant here, and it looks like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are right back on track. Next up, we have a game between two teams whose seasons have gone completely opposites to this point, and that is the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. The Arizona Cardinals, through two weeks of this season, were 2-0. They looked very strong. Kyler Murray looks like he may be an MVP candidate for this season. Again, through two weeks, the Cardinals looked very, very impressive, and then these last two weeks have been the complete opposite. So after getting off to a strong 2-0 start, the Cardinals now fall to 0 and two. They look like a complete mess, a complete disaster, the complete opposite of what they looked after two weeks. Luckily for them, they do get to face the Jets next week. So that is a great opportunity for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals to get back on track against the worst team in football. So now the Carolina Panthers, their season has gone the complete opposite that the Cardinals season has gone. Through their first two weeks of the season, this team looked like an absolute mess. Nothing was working for them. Their offense was at a sink. Their defense couldn't stop anybody. But now they've gotten two wins these last two weeks to rise up to two and two. It looks like it's working now with head coach Matt Rule and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. This is a brand new everything there. The head coach, the quarterback, and offensive coordinator Joe Brady. It seems as though Teddy Bridgewater is starting to now pick up on this system. Look, Joe Brady is an offensive genius. He was the mastermind behind that LSU offense with Joe Burrow 
Burrow last year that pretty much set every college passing record that there was. So Joe Brady is a very, very good offensive coordinator. And Matt Rule is a very good head coach also. Look, this is his first gig in the NFL. But as he jumped around different college programs, he turned around every program he went to and turned them into winners. This could really be a winning combination here with head coach Matt Rule, offensive coordinator Joe Brady, as long as Teddy Bridgewater continues to develop and this is the quarterback that they're looking for. This could be a pretty good team moving forward once they get all the right pieces in place. Okay, now moving on to our final game in the one o'clock slate for Sunday, and that was a battle between two winless teams in the Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans. Unfortunately for the Texans, they were the ones to fall to 0-4 in this battle of winless teams. No excuses for the Texans in this one. Look, through the first three weeks, I had said that they had an extremely brutal schedule, which they did. They opened the year with the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, so it really doesn't get much more difficult than that. Maybe understandable an 0-3 start, but this one against a winless Vikings team was a winnable game for Deshaun Watson and the Texans. They did not get it done. They fell to 0-4, and Monday morning, the news was released that they are firing general manager and head coach Bill O'Brien. So, disaster start for the Texans. Through four weeks, they're 0-4. They lose their head coach and GM. Not good things happening in Houston right now. Their opponents, the Minnesota Vikings, pick up their first victory of the season. Uh, they did not look very good in this game, even though they did come away with the win. I think this was more about the Texans being really bad to this point than the Vikings having turned any sort of corner. Their defense still looks very shaky at best. They do have star running back Dalvin Cook, who's leading the league in rushing. But besides that, this offense has still struggled through four weeks of this season. But again, they do pick up their first win here. Next week, they have to go and face the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. So I expect they will be back in the loss column again after that one. Okay, now moving into the later slate of games on Sunday, we'll start with the LA Rams and the New York Giants. Look, the Rams, I expected them to completely dominate this game and blow out the Giants. That's not what happens. They did still come away with a victory here. They survived the upset attempt of the Giants. I think this is just the case where the Rams came out flat in this one. Maybe they were looking ahead a little bit. Maybe they were just assuming that they were going to win this game. They come close to getting upset, but ultimately, Ultimately, they do move forward with another win here over the Giants, who fall to 0-4 on the season. Giants still looking for their first win. The big story with the Giants is just the turnovers by young quarterback Daniel Jones. That's been his narrative to this point in his career. Look, I get it. He's still very young. This is only his second season as a starter. But the turnovers are inexcusable. Since he's entered the NFL, the only person with more turnovers than Daniel Jones is Jameis Winston. And of course, Jameis Winston is no longer even a starting quarterback in this league because of how much he turned the ball over. So again, Daniel Jones, very young. It's only his second year, but if he doesn't figure out a way to hang on to the ball and stop turning it over, his career as a starter is going to be a very short one. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears and quarterback Nick Foles getting his first start of the season after getting the job because of the benching of Mitchell Trubisky in the last game. They benched Trubisky. They brought in Foles. Foles brought them all the way from behind to to win that game and move them to 3-0 and on the season. Here he gets the start against the Indianapolis Colts and this game did not go the way they hoped it would go. The offense came out completely flat, could not get anything going all game. Foles did not look very good at all. Look again, it was his first start of the year. 
Hopefully he can turn that around moving forward. If he can't, it'd be a little bit crazy, but they may actually even go back to Trubisky if Foles doesn't look better in these next few weeks to come. But this was the Bears' first loss of the season, so no reason to panic quite yet for the Chicago Bears. They lost this game to the Indianapolis Colts. Look, the Colts moved to 3-1 and one on the season, but as I watch this team, in my opinion, they have not looked very impressive to this point. Again, it's hard to argue with the result of being 3-1. and one. That is a record that you will definitely be happy with, but the offense looks sluggish. I do not at all believe in quarterback Phillip Rivers. I think this is a good rostered team, but I think Rivers is going to be the reason that this team struggles a little bit this year. I do have them as a team that will make the playoffs, but with Phillip Rivers as quarterback, I do not see them being any legit type of contending team. Next week for the Colts, they have a very interesting matchup in a battle of two, three, and one teams. They will be taking on the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams, three and one, but I think both of these teams do still have some question marks surrounding them. So I think this will be a great measuring stick game for both of these two teams. Very interesting matchup there between the Colts and the Browns. Now, moving on to our final game in the late window of Sunday, we had the Buffalo Bills against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll start with the Raiders. This is a team that I really can't even figure out to this point in the season. In their two wins so far, they've looked very impressive. In their two losses, they've looked very bad. In particular, quarterback Derek Carr is all over the map. I never really know what to expect from Carr on a game-by-game or even on a drive-by-drive basis. He's just very inconsistent and unreliable, while at times he can actually look really good. Again, this is just a team that right now I can't figure out. I don't know if they're a playoff contender or a bottom-of-the-barrel team. Just all all over the place, no consistency. And look, it doesn't get any easier for the Raiders next week as they have to face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. After losing this one to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, who remain undefeated, the Buffalo Bills move to 4-0 and on the season. I said before the year that this is a Bills team that I believe a lot in. I think the addition of Stephon Diggs changes everything about this offense. It was the missing piece. They needed one stud on the outside to really open up the whole offense. I think so far this year it's shown that that's made a huge difference. Josh Allen looks so improved this year from last year and it looks like he gets even better on a week-to-week basis. His accuracy has been improving which was a big knock on his game to this point in his career. He seems to be getting more accurate with in particular the short passing game but the biggest thing for Allen is he's making smarter decisions this year. He's not forcing it as much when the play isn't there. Look a quarterback in the NFL you just have to live another place sometimes if it's not there you don't have to force it that was something that Allen was struggling with it seems like this year he's done a lot better with that and let's be honest here and call it like it is through four weeks of the NFL season Josh Allen is actually right in the MVP conversation he's in there with Russell Wilson with Patrick Mahomes with Aaron Rodgers I think the four of them right there are your four leading candidates for that MVP role so again very very impressive Bills team impressive quarterback Josh Allen who just seems to continually be getting better. It's great to know that he has not peaked yet. It's exciting to see how much better he is going to get too as this year goes on. Watch out for this Bills team. I said they were the second best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and it's starting to look like I may have been right on that one. Okay, let's wrap up our Sunday slate of games and move on to the Sunday night football matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Surprise in this one, the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles get their first win of the season. They move to 1-2-1 and 
one on the year. And though this is kind of crazy, that one, two, and one mark for the Eagles is good enough for first place in the NFC East. The NFC East is a disaster right now. With the Giants at 0-4, the Cowboys and Washington are both at 1-3. So the Eagles are in first place now with their Sunday night win at 1-2-1 and on the season. Their defense was strong in this win over the 49ers, but it was against backup quarterback Nick Mullins, and then even later in the game, third-string quarterback C.J. Beathard. So yes, the defense did look good. I won't take that away from them, but the offense still looks like a mess. They really couldn't get any running game going. The passing game didn't have much going for it either. Carson Wentz still looked very lost at times, so I think this game was more about the 49ers losing the game than the Eagles really going out there and taking it from them. I mentioned that the 49ers started backup quarterback Nick Mullins and eventually had to move to third string quarterback C.J. Beathard late in the fourth quarter to try to get a spark. Look, their offense just had no rhythm all game. The running game wasn't working for them. Mullins was missing passes all over the field. Mullins threw two big interceptions. Very sloppy, messy game for the 49ers. The 49ers have been a very injured team to this point in the season, but they have still salvaged a 2-2 two and two start. They are starting to get healthy. Kittle and Debo Samuel both came back for this game. They expect quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to come back soon as well, and they are also still waiting for Mostert and Coleman, their two running backs, to return to the lineup also. So again, a team that's been very banged up. They have salvaged a 2-2 two and two start. If you're a 49ers fan, I think you should just be happy that you are 2-2 two and two, considering all the major injuries that you did have to this point. Okay, so that wraps up our full Sunday slate of games for week four. As I always mention, I do record these episodes on Mondays, so the Monday night game has not happened yet. This week, we actually have two Monday night games. The Chiefs-Patriots game that was supposed to be on Sunday got pushed back to Monday night, and then the true Monday night game is the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. I expect the Chiefs to roll in this game. I expect them to win big. Look, this game loses some of its prestige with quarterback Cam Newton not playing in this one. I think that hurts the Patriots greatly. They will have longtime backup veteran quarterback Brian Hoyer starting. They're not going to look like the same team with Hoyer as they would with Cam Newton. I think that the Chiefs would have won this game either way, but without Cam, I expect the Chiefs to win by double digits in this one. And then the second game between the Packers and Falcons, the Packers are 3-0. The Falcons are 0-3. I think that trend will continue. I think Aaron Rodgers will continue his campaign for MVP against this very weak Falcons defense and this disaster of a Falcons secondary. I think Rodgers is going to carve them up and the Packers are also going to win by double digits tonight. Okay, so that covers all 32 teams to this point in the season. I talked a little bit about where each team stands as I have in each week to this point. Again, we are pretty much at the quarter point now of the season. I mentioned before that I think the four leading MVP candidates right now would be Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. Obviously still very early, but to this point, those have probably been your four MVPs. And again, I know it's early in the season, but hey, it's the NFL. It's never too early to start talking about the playoffs. So real quick, let's look where we stand with that. 
Again, I'm going to assume that the Chiefs are going to win tonight over the Patriots, and your AFC playoff picture currently would look like the Chiefs, Bills, Steelers, and Titans would be your four division leaders, all four of those teams also undefeated to this point. And then the three wild cards in the AFC would be the Baltimore Ravens, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Cleveland Browns. All three of those teams are three and one, and if the Patriots were to upset the Chiefs on Monday night, they would also be a 3 and one team right in that mix for the wild card as well. Moving on to the NFC, the four division leaders would be the Seahawks, the Packers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Two of the wild card spots right now would be held by the two 3-1 and one teams, the Chicago Bears and the LA Rams. And then that last spot would be up for grabs between the 2-2 two and two teams, the Saints, the Panthers, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. So at this four-week mark, those are your teams that are in that playoff field. There will be 14 playoff teams, of course, and I listed the 18 teams that are currently in that mix for the 14 spots. As I record this episode, we still have six undefeated teams in the NFL. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Steelers, the Titans, the Seahawks, and the Packers, and then four winless teams, the Texans, the Jets, the Giants, and the Falcons. So yeah, with that, at our quarter point, that is pretty much where we stand at this point in the season. A lot of football left to be played. There are going to be a ton of changes still between now and when we finally do get to the NFL playoffs. I will be here every week to give an NFL breakdown week by week all the way through the entire season. That concludes our talk for this episode. In the meantime, between this episode and the next one, you can go out and follow me on social media. The handle is at Adam Hole Sports on both Instagram and on Twitter. Definitely follow me on Twitter. I give my most updates on that platform. I add betting plays. I have all kinds of stuff going on on the Twitter. Again, that's at Adam Hole Sports. Follow me there until my next episode where I will again be talking about NFL football as I do every week. Next week, I would also like to get to some baseball as well as we are now in the Major League Baseball playoffs. So next episode, we will definitely be talking baseball in addition to the football. I hope you join me for that episode. Thanks again for listening to this one. This has been Adam Hulse.